Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that's based on a comic book or a comic book property. I am your host for the evening. My name is Taylor. With me, as always, is Ryan. Hey, Taylor. Thank. I don't like how you said that. Do, go again. I tried to be as nice as fucking possible. Like, your mom wrote me a letter and said, please treat Taylor better on the show. That was my 110% effort, and I'm already getting shit for it. Yeah, because it's insincere, and I won't accept it. Also with us is Greg. Hey, Taylor, how you doing? That's what I'm fucking that's, talking about. That's sincere to you. That's that is, what sincere sounds yes, like. I'm that is over, how a professional does it. I'm over my temporary one-week anger at you for missing some shows. And you know what? I appreciate it. And I've you know what? I deserved that anger. Yeah. And I'm glad that we've worked that out and moved past it, because... I, I can't have you mad at me. We're stronger than ever, buddy. Stronger uh, than ever. When you say worked it out, you just mean you stood there and waited and hoped that it would end and then it did, right? Yes, like That's what you did. I cannot handle a confrontation. I punched myself out. <laughs> yes. Also, this is Mike. <laughs> Hi, Taylor. Okay, what are you doing? I was, this is not I, what either of them did. I thought it was an arc of sincerity. And I try to be the most sincere possible. I, I truly believe that that is the most sincere you can be. It's the most sincere I've ever said hello to anybody. That's uh, upsetting. In I'm glad so you're generally ways. insincere. That was a lot to take in. Yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> you guys are my best friends. You try to sound like a horse, but instead you sound like a horse's ass. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You sound like me when I get excited about something. Oh, oh. oh no. self burn. <laughs> I felt uh, Greg was giving hurtful. it to me a lot last week, so yeah. I felt like I now it's your turn. Like, yeah, now it's my turn. I feel like so it goes give it back to Greg. Don't put it on me. Take it from me. It lasts about a week, and then you get it out of your system. You'll yeah. feel better than ever. You just got every now and then. Everyone's got to like punch on Taylor a little bit. You ever really angry, and then you take like the perfect hottest dump, and yes. then all the anger goes away. Like, no, that's my anger. I want it back. No, why would you want that anger? That's toxic, bro. It, it's motivating. Listen, it keeps me going. Listen to Gillette. Shave your body, shit your poops, and be good. <laughs> Is that why people are mad about the commercial? Because yeah. it was a commercial on primetime that said shit your poops. Said, shit yeah. your poops. Don't tell me to shit my poop. I'll do what I want with my poops. Yeah, that's why that dude took his razor and put it in the toilet. <laughs> I <laughs> you say put it up his butt. Somebody pointed out that no matter what, after that picture was taken, that guy had to fish that thing out of the toilet. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> somebody really did yeah. this? It, 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 uh, a tweet. This guy tweeted at Gillette, and he's like, not using your razors anymore, and took a picture of his razor floating in a toilet bowl. Razor and, burn. And I will give <laughs> I will give you, it was a very clean toilet bowl. Yeah. But he still has to reach into that That's water the thing. somehow. If I put it in like a toilet from train spotting, or if I had already peed and pooed in that toilet, but if it's like it's just water, right? If it's, yeah. if it's been flushed, yeah. just get it. Take a little sip and grab get it, it. Sip it up. <laughs> Go for a run. Sip some more. Take a poo. I still think the imagery of that guy snapping the perfect pick and then being like, "All right, time to fish this out of the toilet." <laughs> he probably did though. It's learn great. a lot from the whole Keurig thing. He's like, "Oh, I'm not going to throw it out my window. I'll just gently place it in the toilet, and that will show the libtards what's up." And I then he shaved it. with it. I love these people that, like, as soon as something happens, just run to the internet to own themselves as hard as they possibly can. It's my fa- the other thing that happened today that I've been just thinking about nonstop is the fact that uh, Ben Shapiro did a speech uh-huh. at, a, at a huge rally, <laughs> and he decided to record it for his podcast. So in the middle of his speech, he just started doing ads <laughs> for, like, for, like, quip toothbrushes. Is he the Jacob Wool of our generation? Yes. I think he might be. It's like... 
you can edit those in later. You don't have to put everyone who's at this rally through this. That must have been the most awkward experience if he had not in that same speech been like very earnestly like, we would not kill baby Hitler. <laughs> we would take baby Hitler away from his baby family. It's hard to pick the, the weirdest thing about that speech to, to really dunk on. Is he Sasha Baron Cohen's best character? Is that what I, we're learning? I, I think, well, is, no, because he's way too short for it to be Sasha Baron Cohen. The biggest problem, too, is that we would never have known that ZipRecruiter advertises on uh-huh. Ben Shapiro's podcast. No. But because of this, now we do. And ZipRecruiter's like, fuck. fuck. Yeah. I thought they would never figure it out. Now have- ZipRecruiter's going to have to come out and say, we do not. We're no longer going to advertise with Ben Shapiro. Well, please. When I learned that, I signed up for ZipRecruiter and then printed it out, all my resumes, and put them right in the toilet and said, <laughs> here's ZipRecruiter. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, I actually uh, unsubscribed from a ZipRecruiter email today, mostly because they just send me a whole lot and I don't yeah, like them anymore. Yeah, too many. Too and they're many. always like, the salary is this. And you look for that job and it's nowhere in the goddamn email. It's not on the fucking list. There's like, yeah, here's a job. You guys, indeed, indeed is the way to In- go. Indeed is good. I also they like. Don't support fascists. I thought you were just responding of. their conversation. <laughs> guys, shut indeed. up. Indeed, indubitably, <laughs> here's a job. I like indeed, and also LinkedIn jobs. Sometimes pretty good. You know what's a good one? Uh, Glassdoor, because they'll have reviews of people who actually work at the place. Yeah. So you get to look at the thing, and it's like fun, uh, collaborative work environment. And then you look at like the reviews of the people that work there, and they're like, it's a Dickensian nightmare. Yeah, they're Every laying day, everybody I lose off. the will to live a little bit more. The other thing you guys Five could stars. do is just like just get a fucking job. How about that? Just get mm, one. That sounds hard, but you know what? isn't hard talking about daredevil that's what we're going to be doing on this episode but before we get to that the punisher in the super serious sushi bush pincher now we're here in the super serious sushi bullpen this is part of the show where we do a little bit of extra stuff that's not directly talking about an episode of tv that we watched this week but just have a little bit of fun that's surrounded by it this week yeah let's talk about something that isn't superhero based TV for once. You know Let's what? just do I, it. I 100% agree, Ryan. That's why this week we are doing Over Under for the Punisher Netflix series <laughs> that starts next week. You Ryan. got us. I got you. <laughs> well, he doesn't wear a cape. A bazinga. Trickster. <laughs> Young Sheldon He's coming to you every Thursday night. Don't like this catchphrase. Uh, so this week we're doing Over Under, and I think we all know how it works, but just to explain Over. for the audience... Exactly. Under. That's what you're exactly going to be doing. So I'm going to provide you a couple of scenarios over the next season of The Punisher, and there's going to be a number associated, and you are going to decide if uh, this will, thing will happen more, where you say over, or less, where you say under that number of times. Everyone get it? We're good? Yes. Then let's over. Uh, oh, <laughs> copy. Like, how many now, the C's will Sebastian the Crab be in? Under. Yes. Stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. You got it. I hate you. Now, let's start it off with number of times someone tells Frank he's, quote, better than this at six. Ooh, I know that Karen Page is in this season. Mm-hmm. So. That's one of her go-to catchphrases. But also, wasn't her whole arc on Dornival that she was, like, ha- that she killed somebody? So... But she doesn't. But once you kill someone, now you are able. It's like when you lose weight, you just uh, judge fat people. Now you're able to say like, "Oh no, you can't." I do kill this. people, but I got yeah. over it. Yeah. yeah. If there's anything I've learned from Titans, that's exactly how it works. Yeah. I. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna take the over. Yeah, because it's also it's Karen Page. It's also his wife. It's Micro. That's a lot of people to say that. It's to his, him. not AA. What do PTSDA? Yeah. The buddy who runs that. Well, didn't Curtis. he die? Didn't he get beat by his own leg? Did he die? Uh, maybe not. I don't That's the problem with these shows. I think you saw, I saw a screenshot with him in it. Listen, so I had the Didn't same question. Didn't he become Robin in iZombie? I yeah. can't remember. 
I'm going to take the under. I think that it's going to be a little bit lower than that. Over. I am going to take the under. I think it's going to be like four. All right, next up is amount of microchip sandwiches eaten in front of Freak at .5. So do you think it's going to be any or none? Is this, are we going to, like, is this going to become a once per season thing? Uh-huh. That's what we're betting on right now. I think now. so. Yes. I imagine there's going to be a reprise. It'll be pasta this time or something, but like up the ante. I think there's going to be a moment where they're both sitting in the van before like an important mission. And Micro takes out his big sandwich and Frank looks over and, he, and then Micro looks over and he's like, you know what, buddy? I got you one. Ah, oh, shit. And they both sit there and But eat. would that count? He has to take a bite of it in front of him, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So if he just if they if he pulls both out at the same time. No, I think Micro's that he knows good comedic timing. He takes a yeah. bite, Frank gets yeah. mad, then he pulls out another one and gives it to him. Or he throws it out the window and says, Fuck you. I I wanna take the under, but I, f- I would feel so bad. I want the over. I hope that Micro does get him a big sandwich and then he eats it. And there's a part during the mission where he's like, shouldn't have that big sandwich right before an important op. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to take the over. Yeah, I'm also going to take the over. Mike? What? Oh, I, I was the first person who said over. Oh, you were? I, I don't know. I thought it a lot. I popularized <laughs> yeah. it, though. Yeah, I, I don't pay attention to Mike. Next up <laughs> is number of times Micro talks about his dick at two. And from oh. what we know, he's like... He's got a hog, right? He's supposed to have a yes. legit hog. Yeah. He's, got, he's got a real... Ain't nothing micro about that chip. No. <laughs> and what's the number, though? I think it's two. two. That's, man, that's a pretty... Like, that's a good number. I've been impressed with where the numbers have been set on these because for three times in one season of TV, you're talking about how big your dick is. But it's one. times. It's not episodes, right? Yes. Because I yes. can see a whole episode dedicated to Microchip's hog. Yeah. Yeah. They well, shrink Frank, and he has to run up it. <laughs> If he says, I'm packing heat, and Frank says, so am I, but then Micro like kind of gestures down below his belt and says, no, I meant here, and then Frank says, I don't want to hear about your big dick, and then he says, but it is so big, does that count as two? That- that's just one time, right? <laughs> that would be one, I think. Yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's a hell of one. Yeah, like, that's a big a- one. Also, just, just like we dead. went on a journey. I know they've ri- they've probably written most of this season already before they started filming. No, it. get Greg in that room. But I'm available. This show, Riverdale, uh, us. I can help you guys. Write what any if of all of things. Riverdale takes place on Micro's dick? <laughs> <laughs> it's swampy, and Micro's dick is the scissors from us. Look, I think that I lost the sandwich bet, but I had to go with my heart on this one. I do have to take the under. I think that it won't come up as much as we would hope. Yeah, I think I'm also taking the under on this one. Can I just what's agree with the house? Yes. There's none of that. That's called making bad podcasts. Pick one. It's a push. That's why all these should have like a point five. Push. Because we might end up with pushes. No, don't do what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bad over. podcast, that sounds about right. I'm over. Gonna be, I'm gonna be an under because I think he I think he will say it twice. Only I'm brave. But can't bet that because it's ridiculous. <laughs> of course not. All right, your next one is amount of times Frank stops himself from doing something and then just screams as loud as he can <laughs> at three point five. <laughs> Under. This is the Marvel Netflix classic move. Like we're probably going to talk about it pretty soon. Yeah. But is it more of a Matt Murdock thing than a Frank Castle thing? No, I think Frank Castle. Frank Castle walked so Matt Murdock could run. <laughs> if that makes sense. But then. And then Frank, he trips. Frank Castle figured out how to like put bionic legs on, and so he started like just screaming well, past. The difference is Frank screams when he's fully gonna fucking do the thing. Uh, Matt screams yeah. when he doesn't do the that's thing. That's my that's my important question. <laughs> if, if if Frank scream if Frank almost does something, stops and then screams, but then proceeds to do it, does I that count for this? If he takes a scream break 
Yeah. I think that counts because he I stopped. Agree. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, because I think he'll do that, like you know, once a, a big incursion. So, uh, what was the number at? Yeah, three point five. That's a lot. That's a big number. <laughs> that's not a big I'm, number. I think. I think Frank <laughs> that's, doesn't that's stop. So small. I'm that's taking the under. A prime number. It's at not, the low end. It's not just any time he screams, though, right? It's, he has to be in yes. the middle of doing something, like he's about to breach the doorway. Yeah, and he stops before he does it, and then he like goes. Argh! Yeah, most of our '80s action heroes would kick open the door and scream as they were shooting. Yeah. that would be different. So yeah, I think I am going to take the under. I'm absolutely taking the over on this one. I'm the under. I said under already, you son of a bitch. I Seriously, truly, nobody listens to I you. I truly dude. do not listen to Mike. You guys, I'm very sorry. And uh, next up is. Number of times the hyperviolence of season two makes Greg turn away from the screen at 3.5. Oof. The roughest of season one was rub the face on glass. Uh-huh. And that, I, oh, I turned away multiple times in that one scene, but that was the only time I, I Is it still away. done? No, it's still yeah. going? <laughs> oh, yeah, because he does it for a long time. So he starts slow. whistling at one point. Like It's real bad. It's not good. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Do we have a bet of how many times Frank stops and whistles before he does something? <laughs> I just like punishing now, you guys. I think it's super fun. I, You know what? I think I'm going to take the under on this. Because, A, I think that you're building up a tolerance because you're a big, big boy. <laughs> I think the tolerance is going down. <laughs> and then I, I also don't think that they are going to lean as far into the, like, gruesome. Like, I don't think there's going to be stuff like the face on a mirror anymore. Right, guys? I'm, I'm, I exact opposite yeah, I I'm think they're going to up the yeah. ante I think it's going to get worse I think oh. Greg is worse and Punisher is worse and everything's worse <laughs> oh no I don't like that I'm going to go I'm going to go with the over too also do you remember the scene where uh, I'm the only one who believes in Greg apparently okay I just thought of another time I turned away last episode was when Frank gouged. Frank kissed a girl yeah I was like ew gross boys should kiss boys uh, <laughs> Frank gouged that FBI agent's eye out or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and then he just pounded his face into nothing so yeah that's not great I'm going over over <laughs> alright so I'm the only one on the under fine alright also over's a good bet because Greg can just turn away a bunch oh, yeah. more I, and oh, I yeah. can cheat on, but I won't <laughs> but I can uh-huh. next up is number of people Frank kills at 35.5 over <laughs> over over, over. Sure, over. it's just the over 35.5 an app <laughs> app <laughs> well are we gonna have a system for determining like a lot of these shows, they kind of ha- want to have it both ways. And I'm thinking of like Titans when I say this. So in Titans, there's a part where they blow up an entire hospital. And then they just never kind of talk about how many people that was that got murdered. But if you think about it, an entire hospital, that's like going to be like 300 people. 35.5 feels like the right number where it's like, oh, it was close. And that's probably, <laughs> that means that the under probably won. But at some point, it's going to be like, oh, no, he just went way past 40 right there. Just like yeah. in, in Titans. Yeah, I... I think I'm going to take the over, but I don't think it's going to be by much. Yeah, I'm going to go under because that is a that's a robust number, thirty five and a half. But his superpower his superpower is mass killing. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also in this show only been using it against like very specific people, and there are scenes where he'll kill like five people at once. But those are like every three or four season episodes, one. It's, it's a slow show. Season one would have been an over, right? There's I like think so. T- there's like two different long shots where uh-huh. he kills yeah. like 15 uh, yeah. people. Like there's I, the Afghanistan part, and yeah. then there's the like against Billy Donovan's agents. There's that part. He's- the thing is too, like with and this thing has the same. This show has the same thing as Daredevil of like I don't kill, but uh, if you don't have a name, like I won't kill innocent people yeah. and the villains with names, but everything in between just die, 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 die. <laughs> All right, so I'm on the over. Greg's on the under. under. I'm over. I'm over this. I'm over it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, nice. th- I'm very excited every week to check in and be like, how many people did you kill this week? And I'm, then argue about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> argue about how many people got murdered on the show. We're going to keep a very rigorous tally, and it's going to be very exciting, and we're going to fight a lot. That is it for the Super Serious Shishi Bullpen. We are going to be checking in on these all throughout the season and seeing who got what right. And but I it was me, me, right? No, I think it's going to be me. I think it's me. It's either going to be me or Greg, for sure. What the fuck, dude? Hooray. I'm not even in this argument. Who are you? I don't remember. <laughs> Mike, when did you get we here? We are trying to record a podcast in here, sir. That's it for the bullpen. Now we're going to move on to the main event, where we talk about the season and series finale of Daredevil. Go! In what turned out to be the series finale, the final episode of the third season of Daredevil wraps up with some of its plot lines in typical Daredevil fashion. Let's get everyone in a room to punch each other, <laughs> and punch each other they do, as Matt, Dex, and Wilson completely destroy Fisk's apartment, all to both kill and not kill each other at the same time. But in the end, the good guys win, the bad guys lose, and we are left with what sort of passes as a series finale, but mostly promises that season four would have been the <laughs> best one yet. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Are you glad that the era of Mopey Matt is over, both in the character's reality and ours? For him, yes. I like that he's moving on and he's growing and I can just laugh about how many laws he breaks as being a lawyer. Uh, but for now, I'm bummed. I liked this show. I like these people now. But, I mean, how much more of Pouty Matt did you want? No, oh yeah, I'm, I'm over that. I think season four he would no longer be Pouty. But has that ever been the case for Daredevil, though? In the show, or the comics, the movie? He, the best movie ever. There was seen. that one uh, when he moved to San Francisco, started wearing just a bright red suit and no mask. He was very happy then. <laughs> Got locked in the mall for an entire time. That was that was super fun. Yeah, I I'm very excited to not have to watch Mopey Matt anymore. I am I'm with Mike. I think that like it, the end of this season implied that Matt's gonna be like kind of happy again, and I'm sure like the next season would have like put him back down in the dumps but i think he, like we wouldn't see the depths that like this season mopey matt had given us we've got this thing where we say like all characters must move at this particular very nuanced arc otherwise it's bullshit and then there's this other thing where like you're not doing what i want so just stop doing it and i don't care if it's like awkward or weird and that's where i lean towards this is at a certain point everyone audience writers everybody was like you know what we're all done with this matt uh-huh. and then once we got to the third act I was just, I was relieved, even though it was not super subtle how, like, the transition of just not dealing with that Matt ever again. I like this episode a lot, and I feel like I came on very late in this show and just watched sporadically in this season. And so I don't think I got worn down by this character the way you're talking about it, because every episode I watched was just, like, a bunch of punching. And this one had. A bunch uh, so of punch. punching in it, <laughs> including a very ridiculous, but oftentimes pretty cool three-way fight. You guys, yeah. I have to ask. Some people said they were underwhelmed with the season finale. I'm looking at you, Unnatural 20s. That three-way fight, wasn't that dope? Well, I think it was less artistic, I guess, than the hospital fight or the hallway fight from yeah, season definitely. one. But like, if you, I have to imagine, if you're a WWE fan, just watching oh, soap yeah. opera and corny, crazy right. violence come together 
It was amazing. It was great. And a true, normally people are like teaming up in the middle of it, but no, there were three fighters yeah. who all hated each other equally. Yeah. And while two of them would pair up for a while, the third guy would try to go do something real quick. <laughs> That's the thing is that in a uh, fight triangle, <laughs> bar. at a certain point you have to decide who the bad guy is and then the other two team up. But in this one, it was nope. constantly changing. And then Let's Vanessa- team up for this punch, but in three seconds, we're going to punch each other. <laughs> Vanessa would just walk up the stairs and start flicking the bean. She fucking <laughs> loved all of it. I did like, she was going up that staircase slower than I've ever seen anyone go up anything ever. She was like, walk up two steps, someone else would be like, I need to go grab Vanessa because she's the key. Like, th- like they had one hostage in the room and they're all like, we'll let her keep going up the stairs, but every now and then one of us is just going to like tag her in. Kingpin forgot, he grabs her by the neck and goes, uh, wait, Vanessa. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of that fight was Vanessa strolling up the stairs like with nothing to do. Uh, and uh, Dex picks up an ashtray and flings it at her, uh-huh. and it travels just long enough for the viewer to be like, uh-oh, and then out of nowhere, Daredevil comes <laughs> running in and bats it down. To for the second time in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Rejected. Does the whole finger <laughs> wag? No. Uh-uh. This is my house. I mean, it's Fisk's house, but this is technically mine right now. The other best part about that scene was uh, everybody is fighting as if you should fight, which is to make the fight last as long as possible yeah. so it's cool. <laughs> and then Kingpin uh, breaks Dex's oh, back. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. And the look on Dex is... Uh, uh, face, which is both, I'm in terrible pain, but also, what are the rules, dude? Like, <laughs> this is supposed to go on for 10 more minutes, and now I'm just paralyzed? Uh, I hate to contradict all of you, but the best part of that fight was right before the fight started, when uh, Kingpin and Vanessa are walking up, and he just goes, how did this happen? And the guard <laughs> on the side just goes, Dex knows all our security protocols, <laughs> and they do not address that guy. They close the door on him immediately. But like, I, that guy... Was the perfect opening. <laughs> I promise you, how that read was uh, like the writers' room said to some intern, like, I don't think any of this makes sense. How this happened? Can you fix this? And that guy just added one line yeah. in to make it, but it all connect. Uh, your head of security now wants to kill you. All of this makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, and, and like that guy, like everyone else is getting fucking murdered in the ballroom. That guy's standing there, like hands clasped. He's just like, yeah, oh yeah, no, that guy, uh, he's just murdering people. I believe in duty. Yeah, he's like, I'll be out here if you need me. <laughs> Like I, that guy was the best character that uh, any Marvel Netflix show. <laughs> Does he deserve a show? Yes, I want that guy's show. I want the origin story of that guy. <laughs> yes, because he was like Just uh, on ZipRecruiter trying to get a job. He was like that uh, kid from uh, Big Mouth who just like shouts like th- a very obvious base level things to uh-huh. people. He was like, yeah, Dex knows all our security protocols. <laughs> I don't understand nuance. <laughs> Did this show ever explain what it is that Vanessa sees in Kingpin? I think like, I know I know that he loves her a bunch. They in, make that clear. When they met in season one, he was a weirdo and liked the dumb drywall non-painting. And uh-huh. she was really interested. She was like, oh, he gets art. And maybe she likes like she used to be like a normal person slowly finding out about this life, and you're like, oh, she's gonna leave him. I think she saw the power. Uh-huh. Uh a gold digger, is that what they call it? Like Purely into his money and into everything he can bring. Because that's what I thought, too. And that's why I asked the question, because then the end of the fight doesn't make sense to me. She seems to be someone who's like, okay, I'm going to embrace this now, and we're going to be like a power couple. And then at near the end of that fight, Kingpin like looks over at her, and she looks at him, and there seems to be a second where he's like, he thinks to himself, I look terrible in her eyes. And so then he lets himself get beaten for like a minute? Well, I think Why'd even though... Happen? In the, the, the towards the back half of this season, she says, "I want in." He's always thought, "No, no, that's not what she's into." Mm. And so, like, 
it's nothing based on what she says. He's just still like, she doesn't want this, and she's like, more blood. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it, it's to the point where like I sort of picked up on that, and I almost thought at the very end when she goes and is like comforting him, I thought she was gonna like snap his neck because <laughs> she was holding his head in a way that's like just slightly like no one would ever comfort someone that way. I was like, she's gonna murder this dude and be like, oh, life insurance, we're married now, I get it all. Like I thought that's where this end of the season was going. But yeah, I would I would never say that she was in love with Wilson Fisk. Mm-mm, no, she was in love with the what, kingpin of crime. Yeah, she and like, what would it be like to be married to the kingpin of crime? What would it be like to be his kryptonite? Like that's uh-huh. a lot of power. Like the only thing that can bring him down is me. And then also, yeah, just so like she could take the position or just. Uh, enter into him in such a way where I'm the only <laughs> peg. <laughs> yes, Greg, pegging. <laughs> no uh, peg. <laughs> in such a way where like I'm the only thing that he would ever care about. Those things, I think she was in love with way more than the actual dude. So like a normal, healthy relationship. Right. Because it's weird because she... As Mike is slowly learning, girls don't love super fat, balding guys. <laughs> oh, no. It's weird because Vanessa, who I think of as a very minor comic book character has kind of had, like, a moment. Because between this show, where she is integral, and movie, the Spider-Man movie, she plays a major role in that. And it seems to be that at the last minute, she gets disappointed in him, and then that's, like, that causes him to lose. Speaking of that, and I'm not going to say that movie did a bad job of making her just a plot piece. Thank but you. Uh, No, I would never say that <laughs> with you in the room. He uh, would dex you into that chimney. <laughs> but can we talk about, should we talk about the literal fridging? Oh my God. You guys, when he pulled up to that security checkpoint and it zoomed out and fucking Julie was just sitting in the car with him, I screamed. I screamed. That's some Riverdale level Daredevil <laughs> And shit. then he was that just was... talking to her. He's like, oh, he's one of the good. That was the most. I think I started clapping and I don't know why. I, was, I looked at my hands. I was like, what's up, hands? Do you like this show? But it was so fucking crazy. And I think that that's what I wanted from this show the entire time. Yeah. You know, it's just get a little fucking crazy. Well, and that's what's a bummer is because so this season has been the origin of Bullseye and it's somebody who's fighting as crazy. And this we saw him embracing it. So him coming back after the surgical Bullseye is put on his iris, I uh, think he would be like that the whole time. Yes. Uh, I am actually truly and I can't believe I would say this from a Netflix show. I'm bummed that we don't get season four of this show. This because is I the- feel- the second one to get cut down in its prime because uh, the Danny Rand show uh-huh. was actually, I, they finally put that together. So do you guys think that the next shows that come out, like the seasons that we get, that's the last ones? Yes. Yeah. Of every show. So you like, don't just TV. keep making content for your competitor. What we have is a Punisher season three and a Jessica Jones season three. That's what's up in the air. Yeah, yeah. there's no way that we see those. Do you think that the creators of those shows got enough leeway like heads up from the other shows getting canceled that they closed it off more I don't think so not with Daredevil maybe with Jessica Jones at this point yeah and but probably not with Punisher like I bet Punisher season two ends with them knowing not even thinking but knowing that like well Netflix will just renew us forever they they renewed that like uh Kathy Bates weed show for like two or three (laughs) really yeah Yeah. (laughs) or what was the uh Will Arnett Jaded or Faded. Do you guys remember that Netflix show? That got three seasons, too. What? That's not... <laughs> exactly. That can't be true. It Could is. You, won't it be hard for you guys to watch a Jessica Jones season three, knowing it's the last thing? Like, if it did come out... I just want be them the to know. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I want them to be able to wrap it up like they want. I don't want it to be like Daredevil, where like when Daredevil got canceled, they were like, 
we had like 75% of season four plotted out. We had a whole board full of stuff that we were going to do. And now we Plus season four was season four was happy Matt. No more mopey Matt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Foggy had decided that, uh, girls are cool too. And now bullseye is coming for them. That sounds great. You know, that sounds like that. This, this would be the best season. Right. And so there's that, but like, I'll be fine with watching the future seasons. Cause it's not like all this season was littered with hints for what to came, come next and it ruined this season. Yeah. So if they can do just a good season of a show, that's cool. Yeah. But see, I guess part of it was because the show in question was Jessica Jones, and I don't trust them to even make another good season of Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. So also knowing it's the last thing to ever exist in this universe, it just seems like, meh. <laughs> well, in 10 years, we're going to be like, remember that great one-season show, Jessica Jones? <laughs> the other thing, too, that this particular episode taught me was that, um, and I think I really fucked this up on Iron Fist and, to a lesser extent, Daredevil, is I have to stop watching it on their terms. I have to watch it on my own terms. And this is sort yeah. of like a Taylor thing of, like, don't, don't like try to figure out the HBO show that they want to be. Just enjoy the ridiculous that they actually are because I do think that they made a good show and I like this show sort of despite what they tried. Mm. Like that fight, the, the girl in the fridge, the talking to the corpse, that's the stuff that... Wilson they, Fisk I, ruining his vows right before his wedding, just <laughs> spilling them all at her. Forcing people to come to a wedding that night and then uh, <laughs> cutting to the people like talking about like, this is bullshit. <laughs> That's the stuff that like was entertaining, but I don't think that they got from me the entertainment that they like the mm-hmm. exact level of entertainment that they wanted from me. Well, that is it for Daredevil forever until they maybe bring it back on the uh, Disney thing, but it's gonna, not going to be this mat. I think Disney Plus the plus is means Daredevil, right? It's yes. just more Daredevil. It's, it's Disney D and D Disney Plus Daredevil. Oh, playing D and D. That is it for the main segment. Now we'll move on to the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that came out this week. Now we're here in the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off this week is The Gifted. This week on The Gifted, Evangeline gets killed by the purifiers, causing causing the audience to be like, I kind of remember her, so I guess that's sad? The Cuckoos want to take advantage of Lauren and Andy's Kylo Ray-style connection and cast Charm Person on Lauren, even though Polaris is like, but the effects of Charm Person wear off after an hour and Lauren will know she's been charmed. Blink, Blink leaves the mutant underground because Johnny T-Bird is getting too militant, and Mama Strucker and Lauren have a shootout with some cops and then just mosey on home. So, gentlemen, I ask you this. Should I just get over the fact that no police or armed forces in this show or any other show we watch act like their real-world counterparts? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it is ruining most of the stuff I watch for this show. But they get in, like, the army is, like, detached to go apprehend Lauren and her mom, and Lauren starts using her big like psychic discs that she can throw at people and her mom starts shooting at the at the cops or the army whoever it is and then they just like get in their car and just drive down the road you're just down the like what (laughs) well the cops they are acting like they're real world counterparts because they're like it's just two white women we don't have protocol (laughs) for this we kind of work for them so we can't do (laughs) should we leave and shoot a black kid although i do have to say to give this show a little bit of credit they get back and papa strucker is like you shot at cops and then you were able to just come home and they're like, you bet ya. And he's like, oh. And you can tell he's thinking maybe they're onto us. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they didn't want to like tip their hand. Um, but yeah, this show continues to basically be dumb and pretty much over its head. But it- not canceled. <laughs> nope. Not yet. It's been a while since I watched it. Uh, but from what I've heard, Papa Strucker is three apples tall. Is that <laughs> is that hard for him to like run a team? <laughs> Do people still respect him? <laughs> Being such a teeny dude. Do you have a moment of the week, Greg? I do have a moment of the week. Uh, everybody on this show is so fit 
that it's incredible. Uh, the be- best part of the show is that everybody on it is absolutely beautiful. All the adults. Uh, but there is a Amy Ackerman's character, Mama Strucker, is like getting very militant, but she's also getting buff. And um, but Amy Ackerman is very buff. So at an opening to one of the scenes, she's doing finger pull-ups on the door jam. <laughs> Linda Hamilton style. Linda Hamilton style, but like just the thingies on the door jam. Oh. And she's hardly panting, and it's like, man, celebrities be really fit. You guys, oh, I cannot do those thingies. <laughs> All right, The Gifted is on Monday nights on Fox. Your next show this week is Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, the quarantine is suddenly over and Jughead runs a no-crime criminal gang. <laughs> Betty is a 16-year-old who has adopted a dozen mentally ill children and practices law now. Veronica is jumping Reggie's bones. A group of nuns committed ritual suicide and Archie got killed by a bear. Guys, has this show gone off the rails in a bad way now? <laughs> no. And by bear, we mean like legit actual grizzly bear. Yes. Not, you know, one of not those like moose. No. Like Secret a real bear. predator bears that aren't there and suddenly they're right behind you. Yeah, like... Did we see somebody in the crew put a bear glove on, (laughs) the right to bear arms, and then just actually kill him? Or was there any bear arm there? No, there's no bear arm. There's just a roar, and then he stumbles into the house, and he's like, oh... Got attacked by a bear. It was really something to see. I don't know why I expected Archie to go more than five minutes in an episode alone without getting the absolute shit kicked out of him. (laughs) But like he started off the episode and I was like, oh, he's doing well. Stay there. It's weird to watch now because when Betty walks in and finds like nine nuns killed themselves and then she reacts as if I'm supposed to react, but I don't. I just don't care anymore. But then the other part is like uh, Cheryl and Tony like climb into their bedroom and they're like, hey, we're cat burglars now. <laughs> yeah. And I don't we're even bat an eye. And I'm like, wait masks. a minute. I should be batting at least one eye, right? This is insane. But, well, when they came in and said, we're cat burglars now, wearing cat masks. Yeah, that was absurd. I well, they did. looked up cat burglary in the dictionary. That or do did not, not hide actually. their 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 very <laughs> noticeable hairstyles. Yes. And, and then, then Indecent proposal all over that bag. <laughs> well, and then she says, we're like Robin Hood. We steal from the rich and we give to us. I'm already rich. We, we, <laughs> we are parts of a gang that is fully impoverished. Yeah, Cheryl's a bad person. Yeah. And she always has been for the last year. We're like, but Cheryl's good now. No, because she slept her way into this gang and is trying yeah. to change all the rules while holding money from these starving people who aren't even allowed to do the jobs that they're reason they're in a gang for the first place. She should have cut that... Glamourjay egg open the and fed the entire gang. Yeah, it's <laughs> she. Okay, this is they get kicked out of the gang, and he's like, Jughead's like, turn in your jackets, and they say, no, <laughs> we're keeping our jackets. That's like the number one rule in biker gangs is you can't wear the jacket. Yeah, the look on Jughead's face is like, fuck, I, I did like, not see I, this coming. Do I pull that knife out again and cut their <laughs> tattoos off? Like, it's like what? Yeah, that's the thing. Is Jughead comes in, he's like, "Hey, I know I was away for five weeks because of the quarantine that is now not in effect." Yeah, that was a dumb mid-season finale thing to just wipe yeah. away. And then he didn't. The show could have because they're like, "You left us." He's like, "Motherfuckers, the government had guns on yeah. us." But did you want to watch all five weeks of the quarantine? The no, no. Quarantine? but at least explain in world that it mattered and kept them away. Not yeah. they're just like, "Fuck you." And Ski Ulrich is like, I've been on the sidelines. Put me in, coach. He's like, you're the papa of the whole gang. What do you mean you're... But but then Jughead's like, all right, guys, no more crime. Motherfucker, you you cut slices off of a human being (laughs) like six episodes ago. What's the point of being in a gang if we're not going to crime it up? 
I, Jughead's turn for we're a no crime crime gang uh-huh. is and and with all that Fangs is mad that he's getting kicked out motherfucker you he was like I'll give you one more chance just keep your goddamn mouth shut and he ran away to his sweet pea yeah. and told him everything are they together I, I I think so based on the looks see yeah there was a lot of looks it was this episode that I was like okay there's a lot of there's more looks than there have been before. I think before they were just friends. Now I think they're pointing out like. Also, maybe Fangs when you sell pop rocks to uh, fizzle rocks yes. to uh, young kids in like church school, tell them not to put like them right in the most easy to find spot possible. The Hide pla- your drugs. Yeah, the place where someone is going yeah. to go right away. Lift up one lid, and like a cockroach, the drugs are right. Especially there. when all the kids are like, "One more round, let's play now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's oh, no, start a band. Really let's go to Vegas. Them saying, let's just play one round. That's like three hours men. Like, yeah. that's that's a huge ask in the middle of the night. I also love that, like, people kept getting the shit kicked out of them by the gargoyles because Veronica's fucking up. And, like, multiple times, it would they would get beat up and it would immediately cut to her going, I am so sorry that this happened to you. Like, the exact same phrasing multiple times. Thoughts and prayers, bitch. Do you see that the show is shifting the gargoyle king away from Hiram? Now they're like, they're, now he's got a new nickname, the Man in Black, Ugh. and they're like, oh, he's the Gargoyle King, and he's the Man in Black. <laughs> no, nobody has two different designations. They're gonna decide somebody else is the and Gargoyle probably the Black King. Hood, and probably Archie. Yeah, is Archie gonna like Archie's come dead. back for Archie's all our fucking sins? dead? And there's no way that Archie now is he's a ghost. dead. Guys, Archie's a ghost. They're now. gonna do the quarantine. They're it, gonna not mention it at all. He's just there no, again. It's gonna I'm be it. it's gonna be Harry Potter slash Jesus style, right? It's gonna be. No, he was dead, oh, and then he great. comes back to life for to, no, to ruin Reggie and Veronica's new relationship. Just so he can have a better like character, a better a new yeah. personality. Because he had to kill the, the like the dumb, weak, stupid parts of himself. That's Archie. That is who Archie is. That's why when he beat it up, the bed was empty. <laughs> but the one thing that we dead. were missing from the gang is, uh, or from his dream, where he has to like destroy all these parts of him, was him sitting in the audience. Of some show, and then Archie comes out and plays guitar, and he just has to <laughs> boo as hard as he can. Uh, all right, moments of the week. Ryan? Uh, my moment of the week is definitely Hiram's coat, because in the five weeks, <laughs> yeah. what we miss is he has become the gangsterous gangster. <laughs> that fucking coat. Like, he looks like he dressed up as a more extravagant saber tooth from the X Men films. <laughs> saber gold tooth, yeah, yeah, and he is on it. But, like, what I like about that is that he had already – we didn't see in the five weeks that we didn't see, he had already gone through the first day of the coat where everybody's like, oh, cool coat, Hiram. You just got to get past that day, and then everyone will accept your coat. All right, Greg, moment of the week. Uh, my moment of the week was when Jughead is talking to one of the gargoyles. They, like, apprehend one of the gargoyle gang members, and Jughead keeps saying, like, you work for Hiram. You work for Hiram. And the gargoyle kid never confirms that that is actually who he yeah, works rip for. Yeah, the mask In off. fact, the first time he says it, the kid goes like, but – and then he's like, get out of here. So more evidence that Hiram Lodge is not the guard. The kid runs away. Are you sure you don't want to ask me anything? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, this is just a mask. You can take it off. It could be anybody. Oh, it's like, probably supernatural. Uh, when FP and Jughead have Fangs cornered, FP has the gall to say to Fangs, what do you need money for? <laughs> Motherfucker to live and eat. But no, Fangs says, I got a sick grandma. And yeah, that's he's always not, a sick grandma. I'm starving. He has a sick grandma, so he's allowed to have You're a job. a homeless gang. <laughs> what do I need money for? We Everything. Live, we live in a tent city by the <laughs> river. <laughs> a homeless gang that at least we have crime? No, shit, we don't even have crime. Uh, Riverdale is on Thursday, Wednesday nights on the CW. Your next show is The Flash. On this week's The Flash, 
Nora learns Thawne killed her grandma, and then she goes to visit him in prison, and even he's surprised she didn't know what he did in the past. <laughs> this teaches her that no villains can ever be redeemed ever, not, never, not ever, which means she screws over the Weather Witch, who tries to give herself up to the police. Meanwhile, Cisco thinks he's found a way to make a Medicare, and Killer Frost does everything she can to stop him. Taste buds, I ask you this. Is this well, a real show? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> what book do you think Barry reads while he's stuck in the power dampener? Ooh, I'm gonna say something by uh, who? What's the tidy up lady's name? Marie Kondo. Yeah, something by her. I'm gonna say the art of racing in the rain. Ooh, yeah. ooh, I'm gonna say Sea uh, uh, Spot Run. It's Uncaged Desire <laughs> by one Mick Rory. Oh, and he man. goes, somebody brings it to him. He's like, I'm not reading that. And all he has to do is stare at the wand. Eventually, he's like, what a turn of phrase. He gets into it. <laughs> this is a real thing that really happened? Yeah. He, oh, yeah. I'm not making this oh, up. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, is, that's all rad. Right. I'm going to watch The Flash Any now. comment about no, three boobs? No. It's just, just normal in the life of The Flash, so it doesn't even <laughs> talk about it. But uh, I don't know. It was dumb. It was The Flash. My moment of the week? Yes. Is, uh, <laughs> it's, there's a trial for the Weather Witch who they're trying to say, like, the tech... <laughs> Got to her, uh, Cecilia, it's her first trial back, and she, in the middle of her opening statements, just turns around and starts talking to Barry and Iris, who are in the stands, and I'm like, shouldn't the judge, shouldn't anybody be saying you can't just turn around and talk to your fucking kids in the middle of the trial? It's insane. (laughs) All right, well, The Flash is on Tuesday nights on CW. Your next show this week is Gotham. This week on Godham, Penguin gets locked up with John Gorders. Now listen, I have changed the name of Jim Gordon to John <laughs> Gorders, and let me explain why. Well, Daredevil's over. My f- yeah, <laughs> Daredevil is over. My phone autocorrects the name Jim to Jorm every <laughs> single time, so his name is now Jorm Gorders. <laughs> After- is it because your phone it, your phone finds it so crazy that you would go to a gym? <laughs> it must be something else. But- after a failed attack attack on Haven, after the two break out by joining forces, Penguin is feeling what it's like to be loved and not feared. Baby bats and kitten cats track down the Church of Jeremiah and get tested by Echo, that woman who like is Harley Quinn but like isn't called Harley Quinn. And believe it or not, the initiation Echo. rituals for the Church Duvalesca are all types of fudged up. The episode ends with the Penguin and Jorm looking like potential allies when all of Haven blows up. Three buildings worth of Haven blow up. So, gentlemen, I ask you this. This is the last season of this show, and it's a short one. Do you think it's moving at a satisfying pace, considering the end is so close? I hope it starts soon, is what I would say. I think it's going to start moving at a satisfying pace soon. It It's crazy that they just blow up all the innocents mm-hmm. yeah. and just go, okay, we really need to push Jim farther. I think isolated and having no food and have to take care of all these people, he's pushed far enough to make the show go crazy. But the fact that he watches all of those people die and then grows an immediate mustache. All right, mustache. now we have Jim Gordon. When Haven totally blows up, it's a crazy moment. Uh, it's a moment of the week style moment. But at the same time, it makes you realize, shit, almost nothing happened in this episode. (laughs) Like, this is the biggest thing that happened, and it happened right at the end, and it kind of renders a lot of what happened before it, which is like Penguin being mad at Haven and then coming over and attacking it and then getting repelled and then getting in prison. It renders all of that moot. A lot of these shows hope that you never, ever think that. Yeah. You know, you (laughs) never, ever reflect on the fact that, like, we're just going to keep doing stuff, but don't, like... Say, like our history has nothing to do with what we're doing right now. And when I heard they were doing No Man's Land, and when I heard it was this last truncated season, I expected wall-to-wall, chocker-block, cool stuff. This episode had one definitely cool thing, Haven blowing up. Another kind of cool thing was they've shown this Echo, this Harley Quinn character, numerous times, and 
one of her like most obvious features was that she didn't speak, which seemed like a really weird choice mm-hmm. for this particular character. She spoke in this episode, um, and it is a very toned down version of how Harley Quinn talks, like in the comic. Not a stupid fucking Brooklyn accent at all. She but does say "put in one time." She says "put." She says "put in one time." It is the subdued version of it. It's mm-hmm. like when Harley Quinn pretends to be a doctor again after she's gone right. crazy. Um, and I thought that was cool. I thought it worked. They could only have the character so long before she didn't speak. But right. it's classic Gotham because, oh, you took an idea and made it boring. Yeah. Like, you tried to do something different, and it always results in boring. She definitely should have done what... The only actor who seems to understand this show besides Penguin is this the guy who played Jeremiah and Jerome. Because the thing he understood was, I should just amalgamate all these mm. different characters and give someone... Give the audience what they know they like already instead of this thing, this har- version of Harley Quinn where it's like, well, maybe you could like this too. It's a more realistic version. This isn't fucking Christopher Nolan's Gotham. <laughs> Give but us a cartoon. I will say though on that point that um, I know that we're supposed to be like sexy Riddler is our number one favorite character. Yeah, but is. this is That's Penguin's canon. show. Every time the camera or the scene leaves Penguin, uh-huh. it sucks. Like this episode made me realize that Penguin is the star and let's get more Penguin. Do you have a Penguin moment of the week? Uh, yes, I do. Um, Penguin's right hand man is dying, and he like says like, "What's your last words?" Or like, "Why did you stay with me for this long?" And the way that he says, "Everyone hated you," and then just dies. Oh god, it was all of my favorite things and my worst nightmares all rolled into one. Oof, <laughs> Mike, moment of the week. Uh, it, if it's my Penguin moment of the week, he opens the door and he just has a choir on yeah, staff yes, to sing at yeah, him yes. every morning. Uh, my non-Penguin moment of the week, two biker gangs have teamed up to take over Haven. Uh, like the, the Rowdy Boys and the Lost Boys. One is just a normalized biker gang that could be on Sons of Anarchy and one are cowboys. And now they're <laughs> friends. And then the head guy, who's just a biker, he says an, a bad insult at Jim and Penguin. And his cowboy friend, who has been silent, just goes, man, you on fire! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and it moves on. That guy, he, he knew he had... He was going to get paid more for that one line because he had a line and he threw everything he had into it. It was the best moment of my life. I love that man. Greg, moment of the week. Uh, this definitely is Penguin Show, if only because they've abandoned sexy Riddler. Riddler's so boring except for when he's being sexy. Uh, but Penguin owns this and everything about Penguin is funny. When the choir actually leaves to go to Haven, he comes out the next morning, Penguin does, and it's just his maid <laughs> singing the song. And then he's like, where is everybody? And she's like, oh, they went to Haven. And he's like, okay, Where's my dog? And she's like, also at Haven. <laughs> and he's like, they stole my dog? And she's like, she says, rumor has it, dog went willingly. <laughs> Dude, I think I changed my vote from what I said earlier. This is actually, this is a very good episode. There are little good, good moments. Stuff. Also, too, real quick, that Gotham has a uh, got ham-fisted way of doing everything, but <laughs> the way that they incorporated Frank Miller's Mutant gang uh-huh. into this yeah. episode. That was really cool. Yeah. He looked, that mutant leader looked so familiar. It took me so long to figure out, but like, he looks great and acts great. Like, I thought that was an awesome scene and a, a cool way of Gotham of like paying respect to like previous Batman stories. Gotham is on Thursday nights on Fox. Your next show this week is Deadly Class. On this week's series premiere of Sci Fi's Deadly Class, we're all introduced to the premise of the show, which is most succinctly and frequently described as Hogwarts for Assassins. The tone of the show, however, is what we're here to argue about, as the pilot treats us to an hour of 80s high school kids murdering, philosophizing, and dealing with life as a stereotype, all of which we're definitely supposed to find cool. Taste buds, I ask you this. Did you find any of it cool? And if not, do you think that they might get to the cool part someday post-pilot? Someday. That's not encouraging. I'm trying to think. There's, there's. I think the actors 
are okay. They aren't doing more, but I didn't hate any of them. There was no read that I was like, oh, fuck these people. It's I think the writing is very, very bad, and they're doing everything they can with that writing. Mohawk Kid is like, I know exactly what an 80s Mohawk Kid's supposed to be like, and he nailed it. So if, is he annoying? Yes, he's supposed <laughs> to be annoying. There is no, uh, there's no like shine on stereotypes to like make them in and put them in a new light. Like there's uh-uh. nothing like brought to that. And then it's the main character, I think, that does most of the damage because mm-hmm. of the fight club philosophizing. That they don't decide whether we're supposed to think that like this kid is cool and interesting or a fucking high school idiot and let's make fun of that. It stays right, right in the middle and it's all bad. Also, it doesn't feel like the 80s so much as it feels like the idea of the 80s. Uh-huh. This show is based on, like, I know the comic book was written by people who actually grew up in the 80s. The show feels like it's made by people who like did not grow up in the 80s, but read the comic book or read other things that sort of like gave you just like the Cliffs notes about what the 80s were like. Because it is so hyper full of just like 80s talking points without really feeling in any way lived in. Well, anytime you do a period piece, you have the danger of that. So why, why is this in the 80s other than the comic was? What does it need to be? I don't think it necessarily needs to be because if you switched out Reagan with George W. Bush, uh-huh. then I think you could have done the early aughts really easy or even the 90s and done H.W. Bush. But I think because the comic was, right, they just, I don't know, kind of went with it. And I guess because so the, the, the main kid's motivation to become an assassin when they pick him up is his parents died in front of him when a mentally ill person was released from a hospital, jumped out and fell on them, which is the best version of the crime alley scene we've ever seen. Yes. She jumped uh, off Coit Tower, which takes a while to get all the way to the top of. <laughs> so she was really committed to dying. So committed. And it is like a real, I was surprised by the realized political stance of fuck Ronald Reagan because he just shut down mental, institu- mental institutions. And it wasn't philosophizing. It just said a realized thing. Half our country believes currently and half ignores. But yeah, that that was all fine. But then in the meantime, Marcus, the, that's the main character. Sure. Uh, keep saying Marcos. Marcos, excuse me. Uh, keep saying these like t-shirt worthy quotes of like what he thinks the real world is. Right. And they're all a joke. He spends a lot of time saying, "Where's the beef?" <laughs> Which I just thought was a lot. That's very eighties. <laughs> it's time to make the donuts. I made the donuts. <laughs> I, the, the one the one like uh, stereotype they tried to twist was so each of the kids we meet not only is a John Hughes stereotype they're also leaders of gangs so the kid who's the leader of the black gang uh, who's just like all the other kids will say they'll kill you and then won't I will just fucking shoot you and then later he's like I'm a pacifist <laughs> but my mom's a real gangster yeah. so they're trying to do something but, uh, but and it's then so also has lame. very very distinct opinions about comic books so let's throw that in there too what were they. Uh, oh God! That yeah, because Marco says independent comics are where it's at. So uh-huh. he pulls a gun he on pull, Marco. Oh, yeah, and pulls the car over, pulls out a gun, and he's like, "Dark, Dark Phoenix, Phoenix Saga." Saga that's what shit. it was. Uh, because everything that's about comics now, or everything that is a comic now, also has to be about comics. You have to have like real comic takes about other books that exist in the real world. And so I'm a little torn because all, I think that all of these episodes have been shot and edited. Oh, bummer. Yeah, and so I don't think they're going to get any of this advice. You know how like most of Hollywood tunes into the show. Yeah, sure. I think that it could get good, so but season they're two. all done. But the, if this was on ABC, I think that they could fix it. But then I also remember our uh, reviews of the 
Dark Matter and mm-hmm. Winona Earp pilot other sci-fi shows and how we changed on those. So maybe we'll get to speak its language. It gets dumb and fun. Uh, yeah, because it's there. It's so there. If they just like stop trying to impress us, right? It's all there. It's all look and like it's hard to not cast Henry Rollins and immediately the whole show becomes look how fucking cool we are. <laughs> but to like just l- chill back or make fun of how people in the show think they're cool. I think the show is actually going to round into form because, like you said, it is there. the The recipe has been proven time and time again that when you take like high school and assassins and like prison style gangs, I, I and he wants to kill Ronald Reagan. I think it's all in there. Is is Lynn the the principal of the school? He seems to have honor and have clear ideals, and these kids won't fight. Is he an idiot, or is he just playing them? And he's like, he knows he's supposed to pretend assassins have honor. Or we he, all know how freshmen act. Or is he so, so get... up his butt that he's just like, none of them will break my rules. I'll turn around after giving them weapons. I think he wants them. I think he wants the gangs to like harden the kids. Based on the channel that it's on, I do think that it's Dumb. important that we tie a rope around one of our waists and just send them into this. Like somebody has got to go out of the four of us and. Keep watching and then tell us when it gets good. Because I think that is a definite possibility. I'll plug my nose and dive in. You want to do this? Sure. Okay. Good luck, Mike. Moments of the week. Mike? Uh, there was a part that made me laugh. Uh, and it was the, the the leader of the black gang who he's saying he hooks up with a Nazi chick sometimes. And Marcos calls it his girlfriend later. And he's like, <laughs> uh, she's a Nazi, Marcos. That ain't girlfriend material. I'm just so deadpan. And I was like, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's a girl you fuck. You don't, that's not relationship You don't material. bring the Nazi yeah. home to mother. <laughs> Greg? That same girl, uh, early in the show, she passes a note to Marcos. <laughs> and Lynn is like giving a lecture. The principal is also a teacher and he's giving a lecture. And Lynn like smacks her in the face with his cane. And she starts bleeding out of her nose. And this is shown twice. The first time... She just looks over at Marcos and like licks the blood off her fingers and looks just like cool. And the second time it's shown, uh, she cries, but then composes herself quickly and then looks at Marcos and licks the blood. And that sort of moment where she's composing herself is like a reminder that I guess these are all kids and they are not as badass as they seem. But I actually thought it worked and it was cool. But she is a Nazi, so. Ooh, but that does sort of prove good. that the seeds are there for something yeah. good. Uh, mine is along those same lines where we get the, when we see Marcus's parents die, we get the actual comic book writer and artist. Like it basically panels animated from the comic book that it's based on. And so much of this episode does the same thing that so many of the other shows that we do watch where we're like, we are based on a comic book, but we're also embarrassed of comic books. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the show does that. But that one scene is one, we're thinking a little bit outside the box, outside the panel. And two, we're not, Let's not be embarrassed anymore. Like, let's embrace the appropriate things of comic books that we need to. All right. Uh, Deadly Class is on Sci-Fi Channel. Check it out. It has just started. So you're jumping on the train as it leaves the station. Choo-choo. Your final show this week is Runaways. This week on Runaways, Topher does his best to get in the good graces of the Runaways. But it's revealed that he doesn't actually have powers as he claimed, but instead gets high on wrath salts that give him strong powers. <laughs> Meanwhile, the parents continue to try to track the kids, and dorky parents test their star person killing serum, which sparks a new earthquake. Taste buds, I ask you this. In what universe is Topher homeless and dirty? 
Is he oh. so handsome, you mean? This yeah. handsome clean boy with very fashiony clothes. Yeah. He walked in and they were like, I don't know, I don't trust him. He's all homeless and dirty and seems yeah. like he's living on the streets. I feel like this when we watch Gotham. They'll be like, those gang members are like the craziest and they haven't seen the light in years. And then you go to see them and they're all like super clean yeah. and cut. Yeah. It's like, uh, we've talked before about how like they... Gert is essentially, like the actress who plays her, is essentially like a model. And they just put her in like chunky <laughs> glasses and like a wig. And they're like, call it a day. This is, this but the is, wig is a bald cap. Yeah. That is weird. But this is the most egregious form of it. It's like he, that yeah. dude. That put dude, a smudge of fucking Main Street Theater Company Tiny Tim yeah. makeup dirt on his face. That man is an independently wealthy underwear model. <laughs> like, the, like, he, like he's he's wealthy from like something entirely different. Like he's like a tech billionaire. Also, he does that thing where he'll say something in Spanish just occasionally. Oh, yeah. I, that drives me crazy. And then he'll repeat it in English. Yeah. <laughs> or so uh, one word that. per line of Spanish that drives me. Is that just insane. to get in with Molly? Like, see, we're the same. Yeah, I guess. Well, like he would say that, and then Molly would be like. That means he lives on the streets. And I was like, oh, oh my god! I stopped watching. The way he said that word, what that means is burrito. They <laughs> haven't, they haven't built up Molly feeling uh, like left out from the rest of the crew long enough to make her attachment make so much sense. She's right. trying to be like, I've never been one of you, and like, Bit, you've been one of them the whole fucking yeah. time. You like grew up with Gert. Like you are sisters. I think, <laughs> I think I'm out on this show, and it's because I've lived through one Oliver Trask. And I'm not doing it again. <laughs> I can't do it again. I fucking hate Topher. I hate, and not like in that Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Right. It's fun it's to fun. hate. This is fuck. He is Here's awful. If Topher st- sticks around, I'm out. I hope that because Nico has caught on to him, Topher's out next episode. Because there was enough other stuff in this episode to keep me in. Like the fucking, the parents, when they are clicking, work really fucking well. I agree, and they finally hit that good balance of amount of parent screen uh-huh. time that we've right. been hoping for forever. But Topher, I don't know if he's the best actor. Yes, he's very yeah. handsome, but I don't know if he, like, the dialogue is terrible, the character is terrible. Right. Uh, they're making, all of the characters make bad decisions that uh, don't make sense. Based on nothing, Carolina's like, he's just like us. What? Because he said hello? Based on fucking what? And nobody says, what the fuck are you talking He's about? He's pretty. We're pretty. Let's do this. This is the guy in a D&D game that you come across one time and somebody in the party goes, I think this guy's great. We should have him tag along with us. We don't know who this dude is. He just walked into our house. It really does feel like... Uh, He's joining in, and all the stupid kids are being stupid kids, and just being like, "Well, we'll trust him." But like, they're not—they're either hanging too much of a lantern on that, or yeah. not enough. It's, the balance is way off. Or it's weird when more of the group says, "No, fuck this guy," but then they all just stand there staring at each other. Nobody goes, "Fuck this guy." Wait, we have powers and push him out of here. Yes. They go. <laughs> There's Nico and there's Molly, and Molly's like, "Oh, I love him because we uh-huh. might be related." And Topher's like, "Yeah, sure, sure. we're totally yeah. related." And then there's Nico, where like. Well, I guess I have to sneak around and figure out why this person's awful. Even though he very clearly, he clearly is, is. Very clearly But is. they all yell at Chase for openly saying, fuck this douchebag. Yeah. yeah, they clearly what the show wanted was there to be a lot of conflict with the kids. And just not finding very organic ways to manifest that. But we show. have to question whether or not he's good. Yeah. As the audience. And we are not. Like, yeah. he's clearly no. bad and he's awful to watch. Yeah. So then what do we do here? And then at some point, he's going to, like, betray them or something. The show's going to be like, huh? How do you like that? It's like, it's like oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone course. knew that was coming the whole time. Yeah. I've been screaming that at my screen since he walked in and said, hi, I'm Topher. Also, <laughs> he's not, 
likable. Like if no. at the same time he were a likable character, then and then you could kind of see. But he's just not fun to watch. He's not well written. He's not particularly well acted. So he brought donuts. He does have day like the hookup on day old donuts and like pancakes. Oh yeah. yeah. They just throw out these day old pancakes. What? And I did that that was a good line to highlight how like rich and up their butts they are. Because yes, they're like, the one what moment. skills do we need? Dumpster diving? And he's like, What yeah, yeah. you pricks. This you is not Brentwood. You don't have credit cards. I did like the bit where the parents were trying to track them and they're like, East of La Brea, what's even over there? Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't exist. It's just this black cloud. Like, Fuck you, you, you mean West the of La Brea cool assholes? part of LA? Yeah. <laughs> that is like the most scary thing. <laughs> you have to go past La Brea? Oh. Jesus, past the tar pits? Oh. What if we get stuck? While we're hating on Topher, are we getting like closer to Jonah? Like, Do you guys think that he may not be the biggest, biggest bad? Or No, he's no. Carolina's a fucking idiot, and he yeah. still sucks hard. At the end of the day, he's going to be like, and that's why all the humans have to die. So yeah. it's going to be kind of a bummer. So his whole plan is just to get Carolina to the point where she's like, oh, yeah, no, I totally get that. Yes, yeah, for sure. like feel closer yeah. to, to him. But uh, everybody is so afraid of him that's, that has been close to him that clearly this is what he does. You get very, very close to him, and then all of a sudden he's like, Kill your friends. That'd be fun. And they're like, oh, I guess so, yeah. Kill right. your friends. We have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, my moment of the week is similar to last week where uh, it's the heist sans Topher, where Topher just like handles the situation right at the end. For yeah. no, like, I, I don't know why that happened. But when the rest of the kids are trying to do a heist, it's just awful and funny the entire time. Oh, that they're bad at heisting. They're no the gifted. They're no the gifted. Greg, moment of the week. Uh, there's a part where Chase is talking about a virus, and he says, Stuxnet? More like Sucksnet. Sorry, <laughs> that was a good plan, but that was a great joke. <laughs> yes. I submit this. Sucksnet is maybe not a great joke. <laughs> but it's a great chase. Like they, It feels like they right. know that character. That's it, the most I character line they've had. I submit this is Greg the chase of our podcast. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> it, as much as uh, he is like a, a techno whiz and a great inventor, he is still a meathead jock. Yeah, yeah he's and bro line, first, yeah, tech second. A, li- a line like that shows that he has not lost his roots. <laughs> Uh, the the parents are all convening, and Tina walks in very like cold and badass, and goes, "Congratulations, the kids are no longer wanted for murder." And Robert goes, "And we brought scones. <laughs> They're all such rich pansies." Yes, that is my second parent moment of the week. My number one is they get the guy who stole the gauntlets in like a couple episodes. Mike, ago in Mike, there. Mike. Yeah, what? Oh shit, this is awesome. Yes, and, and so he looks around the room. He's like, you know, I was a finance major, so I've got this uh, financial algorithm. So. uh I'll do it for fifty dollars. But no, like the editor, like it, sh- it like zooms in on like eight different diamond rings. Oh yeah. And then it comes back to him. He's like fifty bucks. <laughs> fifty bucks. But then, uh, the, uh, what Alex's dad stands up. He's like, "Oh, you think you're gonna shake it down, bitch?" And then immediately, the uh, Nico's dad goes, "Here's fifty dollars." <laughs> and he pulls it out of his wallet. And that comedic timing was perfect. But Nico's dad, yeah, like. Get the 50 bucks out. Bring yeah. scones. Like, these are rules. Actually, yeah, Gert's parents. Gentlemen. Who I, brought the scones? Robert, yeah, yeah. Nico's dad. It was Nico's dad. He's, he, he was perfect in this episode. And then at the end when he's like, I, I really appreciate your help. You might want to revisit that algorithm. If you would ask for $100, I would have given it to you. <laughs> it, that whole bit was perfect. Uh, so get rid of Topher. Runaways is on Hulu. Watch it with us week by week. Uh, it's an okay show sometimes. Do you think that he's... Is this the whole season, or is this like three episodes? What are we guessing right now? Uh, I'm hoping the next episode, and may- like he dies beginning of the one after that. Uh, that's it for the show, guys. Woo! We got all the way through the pull list. Woo-woo! Yeah, we did it. 
uh, next week, we are going to be talking about The Punisher Season 2. And we are going to be doing that week by week. You might have already binged it all by the time, but don't do that, guys. Don't don't binge it all. Watch it with us. If, if you've binged it by the time you hear this podcast, it's been out for like 18 hours tops of that. Get a life. Yeah. Get a fucking job. Don't, don't fucking do that. Guys, just be nice to us. Start a podcast or something. Yeah. No, nobody else is allowed to start a podcast. We are at max capacity. Moratorium. Yeah. We uh. need two years off with nobody. Else. Now that we have made a bunch, we did stops now. All right. So tune in next week for The Punisher. For Greg, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For Mike, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, I'm The Moratorium on podcast. <laughs> That's it. That's the show. Yeah. Getting in the club. Goes to the door and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> very serious, sir. <laughs>